Amen. Who's excited to be at church today? Awesome. I think I heard some shouts coming back from the camera. So welcome to those of you watching online. We appreciate you. We love you. And we trust that God's word is going to minister to you as well this morning. So I am excited. I got a lot on my heart and I just trust that it'll come out in a way that will uh, bring life and health and encouragement today. So I've got good news, and I've got good news, right? There's always two sides to every pancake, but if you take the burnt side and you scrape it off and leave that on the bottom, you can concentrate on the good side, right? Sometimes we need to concentrate on the good side. Too many times... We let our past, we let our circumstances, and we let the devil tell us what we're going to concentrate on. Right? Going to get an amen from somebody? What does the Bible tell us to do? Whatever things are good, whatever things are Pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are right, whatever things are excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Now, that doesn't mean we don't face stuff. That doesn't mean we don't have to deal with things. But when we concentrate on the problem, we get down in the mouth, we get down in the spirit, and we get down in life. When we concentrate on the problem solver, the one who is and always will be and forever was, we come out on top. Because he is on top. So in him, we are above only and not beneath. In Christ... We are victorious. So, hands up if you've ever felt discouraged. The rest of you are lying. Hands up if you've ever felt unworthy or inadequate. The rest of you are lying. Hands up if you ever felt guilt. The rest of you, <laughs> me too, often, recently in fact, all of the above, guess what, these thoughts do not indicate that we're broken. I used to think that because I had made mistakes in my life that something was wrong with me and God couldn't use me anymore. These symptoms 
are not indicators of my physical or mental condition. They are an indication of what's happening spiritually. And sometimes that means I need to get right with God because there is something wrong in my life. And sometimes I need to just get on God's, on God's side and look at things from heaven's perspective and see that those things are under the blood of Jesus and that I am victorious. So, and there's always a pattern. It's always guilt first, guilt and condemnation, which leads to unworthiness, which leads to discouragement. Right? Because I sinned, I'm not worthy to be in God's presence, so I might as well give up. That's the pattern, and that's the lie, once we've repented. Right? So, let's go to Romans chapter 8. And I'm just going to pick a few verses as we go through. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. How much condemnation? None. None. For who? Those who, live by the those who live by the Spirit. Those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're not in Christ Jesus this morning, the first thing we need to do is fix that. Everything else is useless until you get right with God. And that is only through Christ Jesus. Once we accept his sacrifice, then we can say, thanks to Jesus, by the grace of God, there is no condemnation for me now. Can I get an amen? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So we try and we try and we try to be right. And we try and we try and we try to be good. And we try and we try to have all the best circumstances come into our life. Circumstances don't ask permission, by the way. They don't ask for timing, approvals. They happen at their own will. And it's never a good time to have something go wrong. Right? Let's admit, sometimes the circumstances we bring on ourselves by our disobedience, our foolishness. Other times, the circumstances are just life happening. And then there's the times where we're actually under a spiritual attack and we don't recognize it right away, so we get angry because it's bad circumstances. Right? It's, we need to recognize where we're at. But if we are in Christ, there is no condemnation. 
right? And the same spirit, verse 11, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. And so he will quicken our mortal bodies through that same spirit. If we yield to the sinful nature, we are not controlled by the spirit. But if we crucify the flesh, if we put down the desires of the sinful nature, and we live according to the Spirit, then we have confidence before God. Right? Confidence, strength. We allow Holy Spirit to empower us. Well, I don't know what to say to so-and-so. I don't know how to deal with this situation. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. And that's all fine and that's all good. But guess what? Holy Spirit knows how to deal with the situation you're in. Holy Spirit knows what your neighbor needs to hear. Holy Spirit knows what you need to not say. What I need to not say sometimes. Because sometimes the things I want to say are the armor of this world. Talked about that at prayer this morning. Sometimes we go to battle in the armor of this world instead of with the armor of God. And the armor of this world usually ends up sounding like whining and complaining and backbiting and being mean and all those things that Jesus says we're not supposed to do because that's not his character. Right? Holy Spirit knows what we need. He knows how to empower us. So when you're feeling down, you're feeling guilty or, con or condemnation, remember this. If you've repented and confessed your sin, there is no condemnation. Right? Condemnation is... How do I put it best? Condemnation is the devil telling you that you screwed up and you're useless. Conviction is Holy Spirit telling you there's some sin in your life that you need to get cleaned up. Amen. Right? Condemnation says you can't and you never will. Conviction says, by God's grace, we can overcome this. We can grow. We can mature. Right? We can leave that behind. Conviction is Holy Spirit saying, come. Come. Let's step higher. Let's take it to a new level. Let's leave that old way of thinking behind. Let's come. Let's move on to verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in, our, in order that we may also share in his glory. When you feel unworthy, 
easy way to overcome. I am God's child. I am bought by the blood of Jesus. My sins have been erased. Jesus makes me worthy. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Once Jesus comes into the picture, all those gifts and those talents and that calling that he has put in your life is there. He wants to activate everything that he's put into you. He doesn't give us gifts just to have them returned when we get to heaven. Right? Pastor says many times, there's no reward for unopened gifts. In fact, Jesus says those who don't use their gifts are foolish and wicked. Right? God wants to activate in us. What motivates you? What drives you? What's your passion? God put it there. And he wants to use it. But we need to submit it to Holy Spirit. We need to put the... I'm going to say it. The stupid ideas. The sinful ideas. The ideas that my flesh wants to do. We need to put them down and get in with the Holy Ghost. We are his children. The other guys belong to their father, the devil. We've been bought back. We're heirs of God. You know what an heir is? The heir is the person who gets everything. What does God have? Everything. Everything. All that is, he created. And we don't know a part. We can't fathom all that God is. And we are heirs of that. That's our inheritance. That rightfully belongs to us. And that's not prideful. It's prideful to say, no, I don't, no, 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 I don't need that. That's pride. It's called false humility. It's called disagreeing with God. Last time I checked, if you disagree with God, you don't get any of the benefits of God, including salvation. Let's go right back to the root of it all. Why would God give you salvation if you disagree with him on everything else? I don't know. I'm not making that a doctrine, but let's think about it. Critical thinking. If God promises one thing here, the same promise applies throughout. Right? He doesn't pick and choose. Well, you get this and you get that and you don't get this and... Well, no, you're not good enough. And no, that's not God. God says, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're part of my family. You're, you're my DNA. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have 
I have put into you because you have the Holy Spirit. So unworthy, kick it to the curb. I am God's child. I am bought by the blood of his son. Inadequate, I have everything I need. I am more than a conqueror. I have all that I, all that I need through Christ. We are his heirs. We have hope. We have hope in a future. Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What are these light afflictions that we're going through? What are these light afflictions? Shipwrecked. Spending the night in the middle of the ocean or the sea. Mediterranean Sea. Having people in large crowds throw big rocks at you until they think you're dead. Being whipped, flogged, unjustly, without cause, without a trial. Bitten by snakes. These light afflictions Paul talks about, those were his afflictions. Those were his light afflictions. Opposition, persecution. Oh, I don't want to go there because that guy laughed at me once. It sounds silly and it looks silly. But pretend this is a mirror. How many of us don't find ourselves doing exactly that? I don't want to go there because they don't like me. I don't want to talk to them because I might face opposition. I'm guilty. And I see some heads nodding, so... <laughs> But these light afflictions are not worth comparing. God wants to reveal himself through us. That's his plan. His glory shining through us. Illuminating the whole earth through us. Right? Isaiah talks about arise, shine. Those two words are like life to all of us. Get up. And put your shine on. <laughs> Shiny side up, yeah. But let the world see God in us. We have hope. We have victory. God works all things for our good. Right? We don't see it when we're in it. Right? Two places you don't set up camp. In the bottom of the valley or the top of the mountain. Right? If you're going through hell, keep going. Now's not the time to stop. 
We have hope. God is working. God is moving. We don't see always what God is doing. But all of a sudden, boom, 20 years later, overnight success. 20 years of praying, boom, there's my breakthrough. We don't know what God is dealing with over here. We don't know what he's doing in the hearts of those people that we're praying for. We don't know what he's doing in our hearts while we're going through something. We don't know necessarily the character that he's developing in us so that when we come through, we're ready to face the next level. Our trials, our tests, when we, pa when we pass, are not for us. They're for the next person. Right? We comfort others the same way we've been comforted. Corinthians talks about that. We go through stuff so that when someone else is going through it, we can help them. So we have hope. Verse 31 says, What then shall we say in response? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? From the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But no. Who's condemning us? He's called the accuser of the brethren. We all know who he is. We've all had to deal with that. The accuser of the brethren, Satan. He goes before God. <laughs> hey, God, uh, did you see what Ron did last week? I don't think that really lines up with, you know, this Christ-like character that he's supposed to portray. And God said, or Jesus says, uh, God, Father, um, I took care of that. My blood took care of that. So then God looks at Ron and says, I see the blood of Jesus. I don't 
I don't see the sin. And then the accuser goes to someone else and says, well, what about, what about Cody? Did you see what Cody did? And Jesus says, um, I paid for that already. And God says to Satan, um, I see the blood of Jesus. I don't see the sin. There is nothing, church, that can separate us from God's love. There is nothing that will separate us. We may be out of his plan. We may be out of his will. But we are never out of his love. If we are in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is hope. There is adoption. There's sonship. I heard of this family, these two brothers. One was adopted. The other one was natural born. And they're having a spat. And it's getting a little heated. And finally, the one, the natural born son says, yeah, well, you're just adopted. <laughs> and the brother says, yeah, that's right. They chose me. <laughs> you just were what came out. <laughs> God chose me. Father chose you. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that can separate us from his love. If you're, I trust all of us here are born again this morning. I believe I know each of you. I've talked to each of you. If you're watching online this morning, if you're dealing with condemnation, if you're dealing with feelings of inadequacy, if you don't know that you belong to God this morning or whenever you watch, I encourage you this morning. Give your life to Jesus. Put yourself in his hands. Put yourself in his care. Allow him to pull you up out from underneath that condemnation, from that guilt, from the weight of the sin. And accept his new life. Accept the freedom that is in Jesus. And let us know. Be in touch. Put it in the chat. Say, hey, you know what? I just accepted Jesus as my Savior. Put it in the chat. Let us know. 
We want to rejoice with you. We want to celebrate. And we want to encourage you. Father God, thank you for this word this morning. I thank you for all that you have done for us. For the new life that is in Christ Jesus. For the peace and the freedom. For the wholeness. Spirit, soul, and body. Father, take this word and just sink it deep into our hearts. That we would be able to stand firm. To rise above. And to trust you through every circumstance. In Jesus' name. Amen.